This is the Apartment Building Investing Podcast, episode 188. Let's do this. You're listening to the Apartment Building Investing Podcast, where we'll talk about all aspects of buying apartment buildings with a special focus on raising money from others. And now, your host, Michael Block. Hey, hey, and welcome to the show. I am super excited yet you're here. I'm your host, Michael Blanc. Today, I have a very special treat for you. I have the one and only Grant Cardone on the show. And what's really cool about this show is that it's kind of like Grant Unplugged. He's not by his jet. He's not in his studio. You know, he's in, in a house with a refrigerator back. In fact, if you're watching this on, on video, his wife, Elena, actually comes by and says hello. Didn't recognize him. He was like a clean shaven. I was like, dude, what's going on? So it was just hanging out with Grant and jamming about multifamily investing. I think that's the thing he's most excited about. I think it's the one thing that he's going to use as a vehicle for his legacy. And we talk about that a lot. So, hey, man, without any further ado, let's get into the interview with Grant Cardone. Grant, welcome to the show today. Brother, thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Dude, this is great. So I'm jammed with a fellow multifamily investor doing it on a much bigger scale than I am, which is hard to believe, but you are definitely doing that, which is really awesome. So like, what are you working on right now? Like what kind of deals? We, we have a huge portfolio, $473 million that I've put together, five, five properties, 2,000 some odd units. I, I assembled it all as one portfolio, which I think, you know, you and I were talking before this started. A lot of guys are missing. They're buying one deal or two deals, but like when you can assemble portfolios, half a billion dollars, you know, who, who, who's going to want to buy that? Yeah, REITs. Yeah, people that always have money. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Okay. So to buying it, yeah, the exit could be a, definitely a REIT. But yeah, you're right. People love that. Well, yeah. And, and, and so you don't, you know, what I don't want to have to do, I, I learned this in 2010, is when you have a property, let's say 38 units, and it's $3 million or 4 or $5 million, whatever, you're selling to a doctor or a lawyer. You're, you're selling to people that, that are going to be scared because the economy's contracted. When the, you know, a group like Blackstone, because everybody knows that name, right? Or Goldman, they, they, they always have money. Like they never don't have money. A Black, a Blackstone just raised, they had a $15 billion raise. They raised 20 billion. Same. Five billion more than they needed. So they're going to be looking for assets. They're not going to be looking for $3 million deals. They're going to be looking for, billion dollar portfolios that they can take down they can approve one time and say hey here's one and put 20 of those together so what kind of what kind of properties do you buy is it, is it typically class a are they value added are they, what, yeah. like what do you normally no, buy we'll, we'll buy almost anything like anything that's apartments anything that they basically we think will hit a 15 percent internal rate of return mm. you know five to six percent cash flow i'm happy with i don't i don't need 10 or 12 percent cash flow uh i want well-located properties. I actually rather buy lower cap rate right now, a little lower cap rate. Mm -hmm. I'm avoiding the value add stuff. Um, okay. I don't think the value add story's worth a half a point because you, you know the, the guys that are doing that aren't, aren't calculating time down, the risk, the management. So, so we're looking for well-located properties, pretty much institutional quality, stuff that we can sell to an institution later on. Uh, I want to be on a deal where there is competition, like the more competition, the better. And, and the reason that is, is because those guys are all buyers literally the next day for the same property. Interesting. Do you find that your, your brand matters to sellers? Like, do they know who you are? Like, does it, some, does some, it matter? Some, sometimes it helps me and sometimes it hurts. Me. <laughs> so like yeah. some of these more conservative 
you know, multifamily real estate is really run by a bunch of very, unfortunately, white, conservative, old guys. And it's very male, it's very white, and it's, you know, mid-50s, 60 years old. I mean, they've been playing the game for a long time. They don't know anything about Instagram or Facebook or YouTube. They search me online, and they're like, well, we, we don't understand this dude. He's jumping out of a plane into the Marlins Stadium. He can't be serious. Right. You know, and then, and then you know, I'm bidding on a deal. I'm trying to buy a deal up in Maryland. We just got awarded a $135 million deal in Maryland. Where? Like Baltimore? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, what's that county? It's the wealthiest county in, in, yeah, just outside of Baltimore. Yeah, that's awesome. Columbia, Columbia. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great area. Yeah. I'm about yeah. an hour away from there. Yeah, so it's a great market. So uh, it's our first, it's our first acquisition up there. I've been trying to buy up there for years now. And the other two players that got to the finals, the, the final rounds were both, you know, REITs. Why do you why do you want to be competitive? Because you're a competitive guy, or or why? No, no, because because they're buyer they're buyers on the way on the exit. It basically gives me a list of buyers when when I go to sell. They they don't they don't care. They know they missed it, so they go to the boardroom just like I do when it's over and they didn't get it. They're like, why didn't we get that deal? Oh, uh, because he went hard. He 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 went hard seventeen days after due diligence, and we couldn't. Yeah. Well, that deal is now sitting with that board is a loss because they're, they're all saying, shit, we need to do that. We right. should have done that. Right. We should have paid more. We should have been willing to, you see, see, they want that piece of inventory. This is, this is the secret of real estate. People don't understand like once it's sold, once I buy it, nobody can get that asset for six to 10 years. Right. Like, like I'm trying to do an analysis on this right now and all the product that's being sold because most of the guys are putting 10 year debt on these deals. Uh, they're locking in on this low rate, which means there's going to be a defeasance on this loan at 90, $95 million that makes it impossible to sell. So once I lock on that loan, that $135 million deal, the only way I could sell it tomorrow, somebody would have to pay me 145. Right. Just so I could pay my loan off. So just the fact of, of economics and, and, and the financial model, that takes that product that one, that one beautiful piece of property, Park Place, is now removed from inventory. It cannot be bought by anybody for the next six to 10 years. That's right. So you're locking up for six to 10 years and, and you're not doing value arts. You're looking for stabilized, pretty nice stuff that yeah. eventually a REIT or some institution would come in and want to buy. Yeah, and yeah. Because it's not going to be a doctor. Like there's no doctors out there that, that, that have enough money to to, now, why not value add? Because we do a lot of value add primarily because we're trying to get the returns there. And, and yeah, why? Well, I yeah, just why bought that? a deal in Naples. It's a value add deal. Okay. Um, but but again, like some of this stuff, you know, I got deals that yeah, I bought as value add, but I never get to the work. I never get around to the work because <laughs> the market's been crazy. <laughs> because you know what? I mean, may, maybe you're going to change twenty percent of the property to see if you can get a rent bump. But look, while we have the lowest unemployment we've ever had, we still don't have salary growth in America. That's there's, right. there's no significant income growth in America. At some point, you can't just keep the value add story is going to hit a limit to where, okay, you can do the kitchens, but nobody's going to pay for them. That's right. There's not a market for, for that. And a lot of it has to do with investor returns. Like what kind of returns are you giving in your, your investors? Like what are they expecting? Well, we, we, hit, we hit five to 6% cash flow. Sometimes we exceed that. Okay. Is that I a just, pref? Is that a pref or just just, just it, a projection? It's a preferred return on our on okay. for our accredited investors. 
Okay. Um, and then and then our target's 15, and that's after all our fees. Okay, so that's great. So the returns are actually similar for, but the but time frame you're talking about is six to ten years. Obviously, the returns are going to work better on a longer hold. Is that kind of how you're structuring the deals? Well, ideally, I would like to refinance the property, return everybody their money, and we still own it. Yeah. yeah. So uh, at the end of the day, I'm looking for at some point an infinite return on that property. But but look, I go into everything worst case scenario. You know, I work I work really really hard in my other businesses, and then I want my money to work hard. But it's simple for me. Everything for me is like, okay, if I buy this piece of property and I have to keep it 30 years, my family, I'll be, uh, you know, I'll, I, I'm not, I'm probably not going to be around to enjoy it, but my family will have $135 million piece of property paid for. I put 40 million down, 40 million turned into 135 million. To yeah. me, it's simple. It's, it's, it's like a no brainer. Okay. So I take $40 million, triple my money over the next 30 years. If it doesn't cash flow, if nice. it just pays the debt down. Right. Look, I'm good, man. Now, if it cash flows, if it cash flows to six percent a year for thirty years, I'm up eighty percent. Plus, it's paid for. Now I got a triple plus eighty percent. If I get rent growth of just twenty five dollars a month over the next thirty years, dude, I, I'm going to get super rich. The, right. the portfolio will be worth a billion dollars, and I put I put forty. Let's see, no, it won't be worth a billion. It'll be worth. Yeah, it could be actually worth a billion dollars. Could a be worth a gazillion dollars. And that's why I love multifamily real estate. That's for the exact same reasons. It's the leverage and the power of that. It's just so unbelievable. Yeah. I got a, I got a question for you in your in your with Cardone Capital. You have this Reg A fund. And and most people like my peers as we get a platform a little bigger, we're trying to get away from the non-accredited investor and just really dealing with the accredited investor because they're paying the ass. Yeah. The, the non-accredited ones. Now you your minimum is 5,000 on that on that Reg A fund you did. And yeah. I I mean, why did you decide to do that versus just going upstream and just dealing with the accredited well, we raised, just so you know, it's a great question because we raised 200 million from right. accredited. Ah, okay. And these, these are, you know, my, my friends, wealthy friends, customers that have been wanting to invest with me for years and we started letting them in. But I kept hearing from, you know, people at my seminars, events, boot camps, uh, people that grab my books. They're like, look, I, I, only, I only got 10,000. I got 20,000 bucks or I got a retirement account with 30 grand in it. I can't, I can't get into your funds grant because I'm not qualified. And this was more of, I had cousins. I had a sister, uh, my mother-in-law. I'm like, this, ain't, this is not fair. I did not actually not know this. I didn't know that there was that much of a restriction on the little guy. So really for me, it's a, a more of a moral issue. It's like, you know, I'm telling people I want to help them and then I'm not. So we, we opened up the, our non-accredited fund. We're getting ready to open another one up, by the way, uh, this week. So we, we opened one up. We did $50 million in under nine, $52 million in under nine months. And it was all on Instagram and Facebook. So those people now are invested. By the way, what we do is we set up a non-accredited fund and an accredited fund. Okay. They actually buy the same type of assets. Like they could be buying, purchasing the same identical assets. So I'm really doing a huge favor to the, to the non-accredited. Yep. And, and that's frankly why we do it as well. We want to create opportunity. My, my mission is all financial freedom with real estate. So I have to create opportunity for as many people as possible. Interesting that you, that you say that. Because, yeah, it, and, yeah, because and, and, to your and, point, it would be easier for you to raise, to raise that money from a credit, yet you want to create more opportunity for people in your ecosystem. That's awesome. Well, they're, they're my customers. They're, they're, that's they're, right. I see them. It, like, and it's not true that the non-accredited is less sophisticated. That, 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 that is just a myth and it's not true. And it's not true that they're more trouble either. 
they're not more trouble. I mean, look, I know super rich people that are a pain in the ass beyond a pain in the ass. I gave a guy $20 million back. He, he invested in my fund. He put, gave me 20 million and then he started acting like a dick. And I'm like, here's your money back, dude. I don't need this. Yeah. And he, he couldn't believe it. He's like, what do you mean? And the, the guy had another, I mean, he could have given me hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah, you're, you're, said, you're ah. right. There's a there's pains and butts and and all, and all ones. And I, I'm just kidding. I agree with you. I don't think non-credit risks are a pain. I was just trying to get a rise out of you. But so so you have these different businesses, right? You got Cardone University. You got let, me, let, me, let me just say yeah. one other thing real quick, because yeah. it's, because it's not fair. Wall Street. This is what I learned and I didn't know. Wall Street basically has a lock on the little guy. Agreed. And they sell the little guy bullshit. You know, the only way a little guy can really buy real estate is through a REIT. And the REIT is not the best asset for the little guy. The better asset is the real property that they can have depreciation on, as you know, and avoid, and avoid the income tax on the income. That's right. And so that's the other reason I did this. I, I got a little bit of a thing that I want to prove to Wall Street that there could be another model and another vehicle and, and to give people some choices. Because raising money from the non-accredited is extremely expensive. It is. It is very expensive, but but you're you're yes. right. It, there's a lot of ignorance out there, and, and I I feel the same way. I really want to get people out of Wall Street into you know Main Street. And real estate is so much better. But yeah. the average investor who's you know they don't have a financial advisor, they don't know any better, and so well, we want to reach as many as we can. It's a lot easier. It's a lot easier to give money to uh to Merrill Lynch and and trust the guy that he's going to invest it in an ETF, whatever. Nobody even knows what that actually means, but he's going to buy a piece of paper and. And you're going to cross your fingers and hope that the, the, the Wall Street gods take care of you in the next 30. It's just easy. Yeah. yeah. And buying a piece of real estate, picking it, finding it, funding it, taking care of it, managing it, keeping it full, enhancing the value of it. Dude, that's a lot of work. And most yeah. people should not be doing it. Yeah. No, I, I agree. So I was going to ask you about your businesses because I, I love the variety as well. We have an educational business. We have the actual investing business and I like all of it. Like I just, I thrive on the, you know, on the variety of it. Like what is, what is like your typical day like? Cause you have all these things. You got, I was going to say Cardone university, you got your 10 X conferences, you got Cardone capital. You're actually doing the deals. Yeah. Like, like what does your day look like? Describe yeah, sure. what that's like. Today, today I'm at, I'm, I'm in Clearwater today. I'm at my church today doing, uh, I took about five days off and I'm doing some services here. But while I'm doing this, I'm still working. So I, I, my, my routine's the same wherever I go. If I'm in, if I'm in uh, Singapore doing a seminar, it's going to be very similar to what I'm doing here as long as I can wake up. And so here, here it was this morning I got up at 6.30 and had a cup of coffee. I go down to the gym for an hour. And then I had something scheduled at, what, 8.30, 8.45 this morning, a meeting for 8.45. That was 45 minutes long. I worked between. 8.45 and 10, had this meeting with you. I worked on some other projects that I have going on with my office, communicating to them what I want to accomplish today. And then the rest of the day, dude, I'm just fighting wars and battles just like everybody else, right? So I do lunch. I'll do lunch at lunch and, and go back to work again. Uh, I try to find some time today for self-improvement. I'll just have those little, little times dedicated for reading, studying, learning. And then I'll do dinner at 6.00. I'll take it till about 10 o'clock tonight and then shut it down. Are you able to shut it down at six? Oh, yeah. That's amazing. Okay. How do you do that? Well, number one, number one, I invest in good real estate that I don't have to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, like, like I, I get asked about this life balance thing all the time. And I'm like, guys, the way to get life balance is to make sure you're not worried about your money. 
you cannot have life balance if you're worried about money. I know people that are meditating. I said, how much does, med- does money come up in your meditation? Dude, all the time. Right. Like, because you hadn't handled your money, man. Like, you know, number one, I don't lose money, ever. I do not invest in anything where I have any potential to lose money. I've learned this the hard way. You know, I bought the Twitter stock. I bought the startup. I bought the, the, the tip. Somebody gave me a tip. Every one of them, every one of them went backwards on me. And so I don't lose money. I don't dramatize money. I, I buy real assets that cash flow from month one. And I sit and wait. Uh, I'd rather a lower return and no worry. So one, one way I turn it off is I have this so much passive income coming in. Yeah. Then I'm like, dude, if, if, if the rest of the stuff goes to shit, I'm still good. I do not feel like you could be doing more, you know, and like I got this hour, I got this two hours. I could do more if I just did that. And I can, I can't. Oh, you mean, you mean if I stayed up from 10 to 11? Sure. Or get up an hour early, you know, you can, you can always do more. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I'm doing a lot. <laughs> I know you are. I'm getting a lot done while I'm up. You know, I sleep eight hours. That's the other thing. So, like, I like to sleep. I enjoy sleep. And uh, I think sleep's really important. I, I used to do the four-hour thing, four hours of sleep. It didn't work for me. Didn't but work it wasn't good for me. So clearly you're getting a lot more done than the, uh, and, and I know you don't like this word average person, but then the average person, right? Like, how do you do it? What do you, why do you feel like you're more productive than almost anyone else? Well, I don't know that I am. I mean, I, I, I hear other guys say they work harder than I do. I'm like, okay. I, you know, I didn't know it was a contest. I can't spend your money. You can't spend my money. Like, you know, we could all work hard. I mean, I, I could work harder for sure. I could get more done. No doubt. I could be more efficient, but you know, we accomplished some pretty cool stuff. So like we, we're at 1.3, almost $1.4 billion in real estate right now. Uh, I'll do an event this year in February that'll have 11,000 people in it. Again. You had like 30,000 at your last 10X conference. Or yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. 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 We had 30, 35,000 people at that event. Sick. So, yeah. That's, all, um, that's awesome. You know, yeah, I'm going to go to San Mateo. I'm going to work for, with Sil- Sylvester Stallone Thursday and Friday this week uh, in front of about eight or 10,000 people. So I'm getting a lot done, but it's also the way I kind of conduct my life, right? Like wherever I go, like I'm in this hotel, they didn't have a refrigerator. I said, guys, I need a refrigerator. Like, like you, you got to be able to set your life up. And I didn't know this when I was a kid. I was saving money rather than saying, hey, dude, you take money and use money to make your life easy. And I, I didn't know that. I was, in, I, was in, I was brought up in a, in a middle-class family. So I was like, I was scrounging all the time. And, and I was a miser. And that influenced what kind of real estate I bought, too. And how I did events, you know, and how I, I created products and how I advertised. It was all, it, it, I wasted the first 20 years of my career because, yeah. because of bad information. I was, I was the same way. Now, here's the thing. I mean, you don't necessarily have to do anything that you're doing right now, right? So at this point, well, it may be about money, but it's not like another million is going to make a big impact on your lifestyle. So why do you get up every morning? Like, why do you keep driving? Because a hundred million will. <laughs> yeah. Because, uh, yeah, I'm not, uh, clearly a million dollars doesn't change anything. But, but you know, hundreds of millions does. So, so now the game is, I'm not playing a million dollar game anymore. That's why some of my contemporaries are a little upset with me right now, but because they want to drag me down. Because they want to drag me down. They want to drag me back down to playing the same game I've been playing. I did this interview recently, and this guy keeps asking me questions about, 
Like, I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm done with that game. Let's play a different game now. Like, you keep asking me, what am I say when a guy says no to me? I'm like, I'm over that game, bro. I'm done. That was stupid. It was a dumb game to play. Like, I'm, re- I'm ready to go do something big for my family and my name and my legacy and my church. And I want to change communities. And you can't do that with a million dollars. What do you think you want to do? Well, when- I want to I I live forever, dude. Yeah, yeah. All yeah. Right. And the way to live forever is to build hospitals. That's right. And schools. Yeah. And, and have investment vehicles for people that can't be destroyed, no matter what the economy does. I can literally live forever. Like, if I could, if I could pay people for the next 100 years, I, I'd, I'd outlive my body by 100 years. So, so those are the kind of platforms that, that I'm interested in. My books, my books, that, those are awesome. I'll, I'll probably write a couple more books. My events don't last. You come to my event, they're over. My books can last forever. That's right. So hopefully I'll write a couple of books that, you know, last, that, that are still being read in the year 2100, if people are still reading or they're downloading or whatever. So that's one way, you know, that's what I want to do. But, but the, the real estate, the real estate that I'm buying will be around. Like literally, somebody's going to build something on top of it a hundred years from now. Yeah. And, uh, the, you know, the Ben Franklins and the Thomas and Edison's and the Walt Disney's and these guys, the, the Steve Jobs, these guys are going to live forever. It is possible to live forever. You have to produce something of value. Right. I mean, I, I think you're operating at a very high level. You know, what what does the next level look like for you? Like, have you thought, you said, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm right here. I'm done with that old game. I'm, a, I'm yeah. operating at a much higher level. How would you describe the next level? And like, what would that look like for you? I, I don't know exactly what it is, right? But, but I know it's not here. I just, I know it's not playing the same little games I've been playing, right? So now, now I have to start, I have to change my audience. Hmm. meaning I have to change the people I'm hanging out with. And that's where people get upset with you because the people around you do not want you to change. Even the people that don't like you, like the people that love you don't want you to change. They're like, I love you just the way you are. I'm like, okay, that's good. I'm glad you do. But it's, this is about me. It's not about you. I need to keep changing. And so even the people that don't like me that like, like maybe even like, oh, he's competition for me. They don't, they even don't want me to change because when I move up the food chain, they're like, oh, well, I didn't move with him. So they'd rather pull me down. And it's not just me. It's all people. When, when anybody here watching this tries to move up, the people, the, if, when you go from 30 units to 300 units, yeah. the people doing 30 units are not going to want you to do that. They, they, they don't even know why not, but, but that's going to happen. So I don't know what the next level is. I just know it's not here. It's not here because I can't keep doing this and stay interested. Right. I don't right. mind doing it. I don't mind doing something over and over and over again because it's working. But at some point I got to be like, okay, okay, let's teach somebody else how to do that one. I need to go learn something new now. You know, there's a, there's a fascinating uh, podcast interview that you did with Lewis Howes a couple years ago, like literally like in June, I think. And he made you squirm like I've never seen you squirm before. It was hysterical. Like he sensed it. He sensed that there was like an edge of your comfort zone. I think you were talking about uh, the idea of doing a $900 million deal. Yeah, yeah. And no. he, he, he threw it out there and you're like, well, no, I mean, that's, that's, that's basically impossible. Do you understand how many people I need, how much money I need to raise? And, yeah, I, you know, yeah. and you're going through all that. Like, and I was like, holy cow, Grant's got a limiting belief. It was hysterical. Oh, totally. Dude. Look, look, I wrote the 10X rule for me. I didn't write it for other people. So there's only one book that I've written for other people. 
and it was a, it's called the Millionaire Booklet. Every other book was written for me. I was trying to figure something out for me. And the 10X rule was like, I was, I had hit a place. The 10X rule doesn't finish either. Like, like it's not like people are like, oh, 10X. Dude, you don't 10X. You 10X and then you 10X again. Right. So it's it's like you throw a rock into the into the into the ocean. The the, the ripple. If you throw a big enough rock, that ripple is going to continue around the planet. And so Lewis, I was doing a ninety million dollar deal at the time. That's a big deal. It's a, it's a big deal, dude. It was a big deal. This was what June two years ago. Yep. And it was I don't know June maybe mid year, and yeah, it was June or July because it was that hurricane. So I went. I was in L.A. and, and Lewis said, "Hey, come do this interview." And, so he's like, why not 900? And boy, it just kind of stumped me like, yeah, why not? Because I had been asking myself that question. Interesting. Yeah. You know, when somebody hits you with something that's like, it's not the first time you heard that. You heard it. I, I had been asking. Mm. And then when he asked me, I'm like, oh, shit. I just got found out. Right? Meaning, meaning I'm playing below my, my, my abilities. And it was agitating. Like, it was, it was a little bothersome for me. Right? And, and um, but it's but, interesting, you, you wrapped your head around it like within a minute. You yeah, were, you were, you were right. agitated, you're shifting around, you know, but you, all of a sudden you immediately are like, damn, why am I right? Dude, agitation is good. Agitation, like, like, I like, like I am an agitator. I agitate a lot of people. I know I, I, I'm good at agitating. And my goal in front of an audience is to agitate a bit. I'm not, I'm not like consciously trying to do it, but I know I do do this because I do it to myself. And it reminds me of a pearl. You know, I was in uh, Bora Bora, and they make these black pearls, and they t- told me how they're made. And the oyster basically gets a piece of sand and then spends years, like, you know, agitated, working this out. And the next thing you know, you got this black pearl, right? Diamonds, diamonds, diamonds are pieces of coal. You know, they're pressured over long periods of time. So when Lewis said that to me, it hit something. I had already been kind of like, literally within 18 months, we put together almost a billion dollars worth of real estate. That's incredible. Because I was going to ask you, I was going to ask you how you did towards that goal because you were like, "Oh, thirty-six months," and Lewis says that's ridiculous. Should be eighteen months. So it sounds yeah. like it took you eighteen months, dude. And that's what a good friend does. A that's good right. friend, a good friend, yeah. will will actually challenge you to get to the next place. Yeah. And uh, rather than just patting you on the back, because because you know Lewis, Lewis is a really sweet guy and he's nice and. And he could just put, hey, Grant, you're doing great the way you are. I hate that, by the way. Yeah. Why do you need any more? But he didn't. What he says, why not 900 million? That's right. And he said it enough to me to where I was like, oh, wow. And then I left there and, and um, I think we did almost, I don't know exactly what the number was, but it helped me. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. I need more people around me helping me get to the next level. Yeah. Yeah, so true. You know, the other thing you said in that interview, and you guys didn't go down, but you, you, I think he asked you, you know, what does it mean to be rich? And, you're, and you, your response was, well, with money or life or spirituality? And I thought that was very insightful. Like, what does it mean for you to be, like, rich? To, to, what does that mean to you? For me, I mean, it means, it would be money, right? It would, it would but, but I mean, I'm interested in being wealthy more than rich. So, so the money, there's the money conversation. Right. Then, then there's the time conversation. Uh, then there's, whoa, does anybody love me? Because look, I know people that have tons of money. I mean, billions of dollars. Saw the guy's account, like, you know, 1.3 billion in cash, uh, another 3 billion in investments. 
He's got all the time in the world and nobody loves him. Like that, that, that can't be the game. What's the point? Yeah. And, 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 and no place to go, like nothing to do. There's no interest in life. Right. So like, so for me, it's okay. I need, I want money. I definitely want money. I want all kinds of money too. Not just one kind of money. Number two, I, I, I need people that love me. Three, I need a purpose. Because if you have health, money, and no purpose, then, then that's no good either. I do want to do things that I have fun at. So to me, rich would be, hey, I want it all. I, I got to have health. Yeah. And I also, in addition to all that, I need to be learning something. Like the, the idea of accomplished is such a misnomer. And I see this happen a lot with people in my space that, that speak on stages, influencers, leaders. The, the one common thing I see with people that are on stage is they quit learning. Hmm. Complacency? They become, they're the expert. They, they, and they buy into the identity. And, and, and I, this has happened to me. Where, where I bought into, okay, I'm the expert now, right? And I quit being the student. Uh, that's, why, that's what I'm doing here this five days. I'm just a student for the next two or three days here. That's a great lesson from, you know, because you are accomplished, but, right? Yeah. And you, you, you enter this, this, this place of arrogance and complacency. And, and in fact, it's going to hold you back as oh, well. Probably, man. Totally, because look, there's nothing, more, there's nothing more expansive than learning. Like, learning like oh wow oh wow having that wow dude i got it what was i thinking right those those, those moments of like wonder hmm. of con uh, oh wow i could contribute at another level right you know, you, you, you know i look at a guy like bill gates okay B bill's not trying to sell another piece of software today he's trying to figure out why third world countries don't have toilets it, that's a big mission yeah so so yeah. now, now now even a smart guy's got to learn new things that's right you know, a lot of people think, uh, but going back to spirituality, a lot of people think that uh, you know, a spiritual person is a weak person because otherwise they wouldn't need spirituality. Now, when I interviewed Robert Kiyosaki, you know, he spoke a lot about spirituality. And, and my conclusion is that spirituality is a source of power, right? It's, uh, it's, a, it's a source of strength. What, what, do you, what do you think the role of spirituality, you know, is, what role does that play for you? Well, I mean, to me, to me that's, that, that's the road, you know. I'm a spirit before I'm a body. And I'm a spirit after I'm a body. So, you know, the, the, the idea that I would just work on my body, that's only a unit that's good for 80 years or so or less, what's running my body, right? So I, I'm, giving, I'm giving attention to the idea. Uh, I don't think that's weak at all. I think it's the priority. The priority would be to take care of myself spiritually first. You know, because all my, all my ideas... My ideas, my ideas, the best ideas I've had that never came from my body. And, and they're coming, they're coming. It's not my brain. My brain's not having, I mean, I don't believe my brain's having ideas. So, so I'm having the idea and I'm running it through my brain. So spirituality is very important to me. And I think, I think it's very important for civilization to have some belief in something other than just the physical unit or just money or just food, or just sex, or just sensation, or like, who am I? The question, just even without an answer, dude, it's interesting. I mean, a lot of people would disagree with you. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah.
I think a lot of people would disagree have disagreed for about a lot of things, you know. Yeah. So I, I happen to agree with you. I, I think it's something we don't we don't pay enough attention about. We don't want to talk about. It. I, I think it's really like you're talking about. If you didn't have these ideas come to you, you know, and you're like, wow, where are they come? Where are these things come from? They're freaking genius, right? And I think we need to pay more attention to it. I, yeah. I totally agree with you. Yeah, I look at a guy like Elon Musk, and I'm like, dude, what a spiritual dude. He might not even know it. Like he might be. I don't. I don't know what he knows. Right. I'm just saying. I watch that guy, and I'm like, like, like th- he's thinking. He's thinking a lot bigger than I'm thinking. So there's something about that that's expansive. I know, I, whatever you want to call it spiritual, right? It's expansive. It's beyond here. It's beyond what we know today. Henry Ford. Henry Ford was a spiritual guy. To me, he was spiritual. I don't know if he was or not, but his accomplishments expand my thinking. You know, when, when man was satisfied with the horse, there was people in the 20s that said, we don't need cars. Now, here we are. We're going to move into the next century or into this quarter of this, this century, and people are going to be like, we don't need cars. We're going to figure out how to, how to get rid of them probably. So to me, it's just about expansiveness, being interested, being curious about the spirit. Dude, it's great to see you're a student, dude. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, I think a lot of people think that I'm just a, you know, in, into the money, into the deal. And I do. I like money, and I like the deal, and I like closing. And I, you know, but I watched football yesterday. I, I, I love watching a great play. Yeah, man. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, what else do you want to say to the audience? What's on your, what's on your heart? Uh, get your money right, man. Get your money right. You know, people are working so hard. You know, I, I don't see people not working hard. I see a lot of people working hard and then they don't do anything with their money. So if you think you're going to give your money to Wall Street and it's going to double and triple, it ain't going to happen. So quit saving money. I would tell the public, quit saving money. Quit saving money. You're saving money. Use money. You got to learn how to use money. You know, the, the new mantra, my, my parents' mantra was to save money. The new mantra will become get rid of money before it's worthless. Get rid of it. Like every time I get money, I'm like, how can I get rid of this money? So, you know, if I, I get a thousand dollars, I'm like, I can immediately, it's magic, man. It's so simple. Like I could take this thousand dollars, every thousand dollars. I'm like, I'm going to get this thousand dollars and I'm going to turn this into three thousand dollars worth of real estate. I'm going to take a thousand dollars. I'm going to get a loan on three, th- three times the amount of property. Yeah. I'm going to buy that piece of property. I'm going to pick a great location that's full, that has tenants. I'm not going to build anything. I'm not going to speculate. And I'm just going to, I'm just going to make sure I'm buying good real estate and I'm sitting and wait to get my triple. That's so, right. It's not even and, complicated. And you, you even give people a solution to that. I mean, $5,000 minimum for a non-accredited investor, that's pretty amazing, right? That's an amazing alternative to, you know, giving your money to the financial advisor. And, and I already bought the property. Like, I bought it. I bought it with my money. They're not, I'm not, you're not giving me your money. We don't take money before I buy the deal. I buy the deal with my money, which would indicate I'm kind of, con- you know, I believe in it. Yeah. And then I tell the public, hey, guys, I just bought $473 million worth of real estate. It's five deals. It's located in these five locations. You can look at it. You can go visit it. You can see it's got occupancy. You can see the cars there. You can rent from me if you want to. We got people that rent from me and invest with me. And I already bought it. If I never raise a penny, I'm fine. I'm still, I still love this piece of property. And then people put their money in. So we, we, we have funds set up for both the accredited and the non-accredited because they can't, they can't invest together, unfortunately, right now. That's fine. Anything you want the audience to do right now? 
Dude, go, go to CardoneCapital.com and look, if, you, if you're buying your own deals, we have guys buy their own deals. I have a buddy that bought, he owns a thousand units. Him and his wife invested a million and a half with me. Uh, he's like, I cannot find the deals you get. I can't get them. Uh, another friend of mine put six, almost $6 million in, in our fund. He buys storage units. He's like, I don't know anything about multifamily. I truly believe that people will make more money investing with me than they would make if they bought the same deal without me. Because we know what we're doing and we got scale. So if they're seeing this at the end of the year, man, yeah. start investing money in real assets so you can start getting depreciation. And, and if you can't do it by yourself, don't think that you can't do it. Find somebody that is doing it that you trust, that has more invested than you do, and invest with them. Yeah. Dude, you rock, man. Thanks for being on, on the show. Man. You do. I'm going to get you on my show too, by the way. I want to hear your angle, how you see this. That's awesome, man. All I'm right. not going to argue with you too much on those things, man. I'm just going to force your mission already. So it's awesome about what you've done, man. So thanks so much. You're the man, dude. So clearly there's more to the man, Grant Cardone, than sometimes meets the eye on all social media. So a lot of depth and purpose there. And I just can't wait to see what he's going to do. It's just amazing. He's constantly thinking bigger, and but he's humble about that and about his ability to learn and wanting to change. So super exciting. Make sure that uh, if you're looking to invest with uh, in, in multifamily real estate, especially if you don't have fifty, dollars $100,000 that sometimes some of our deals that we require, if you have something less than that, head over to Grant Cardone for sure and get into to the game and experience what it's like to invest in multifamily and not in Wall Street. And I, I join Grant in this in this mission as well as, by the way, the real estate guys. The real estate guys, uh, their goal is, is to get a billion dollars out of Wall Street into Main Street per year through multifamily syndications and other vehicles. So actually, we're on the same mission there. We feel that there's something fundamentally, uh, the public is not served well by investing in Wall Street. The returns are lower, taxes are higher, and the volatility just crushes any kind of returns or any kind of ability to forecast the future and doing any kind of planning. So we're all together here and trying to get you, if you haven't invested in multifamily real estate, into and out of Wall Street and into Main Street. So make sure you check out uh, Cardone Capital. If you're new to this podcast, I want to welcome you to this podcast. We're all about financial freedom with real estate, which is why I wrote this book. It's this yellow book called Financial Freedom with Real Estate. That's my mission. And we do it in a two ways. One, by passively investing in the way we just described, because if you continue investing, you're going to get cash flow and wealth creation that will allow you to literally quit your job. And like Grant said, take care of the finances that you have. You can't ignore them. So financial freedom through passive investing, but we also teach people how to do it on the active side. So if you're interested in actually doing this for yourself, finding deals or raising capital in any kind of way, check out all of our resources. We have obviously this podcast. Make sure you subscribe to this comes out weekly and uh, we also have a youtube channel so find us out just uh, just search for michael blanc on youtube or apartment building investing on youtube we have a lot of free resources also we have we have the blog if you're ready if you think it's for you then we also have training programs uh, we have online training programs we have live events and we have high-end coaching as well so check us out on the get all the resources there and you know, see what's right for you and when you're ready to invest invest in yourself as grant always says uh, the best return you can get is by investing in yourself now, if you are interested in investing with us in addition to you know with cardone our company's at nighthawkequity.com nighthawkequity.com so head over there if you're interested in, in that if you're still on a fence about the stock market and multifamily investing 
The report I have for you is at themichaelblanc.com forward slash report. It's called What's the Better Investment, Stock Market or Real Estate? And it kind of talks about some of the things that Grant and I talked about the show with regards to Wall Street, the disadvantage of that, and the advantage of multifamily syndications. So hope you'll find that useful. That's at themichaelblanc.com forward slash report. Really appreciate you guys having you. Take care. Catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Apartment Building Investing Podcast with Michael Block. For more free podcasts, articles, and videos, go to themichaelblanc.com. There, you can also download the free ebook, The Secret to Raising Money to Buy Your First Apartment Building. Till next time.